truth of the Tathagata's words. Hi, everybody. So, second day of Sashin. Sort of cool, cool summer. And this is my third talk from the front seat as she sewed. Um, and as you know, it's, as many of you know who've been following along, this has been Yun Min's Case 86 from the Blue Cliff Record. And it's titled The Kitchen Pantry and the Main Gate. And he asks, he says, everybody has a light. Do you see your light? So just to get this embarrassing part over the way, out of the way, because I really want to do it, um, let's sing this little light of mine and then we'll go on to the talk. <laughs> Help me out. Maybe I should turn the mic, the head mic off to do it. Oh God. Um, okay. So we'll just sing it, the short part, twice. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. One more time. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, yes! <laughs> so, um, we didn't have much time for, thank you for getting that, <laughs> uh, we didn't have much time for questions and uh, comments at the last talk. Um, and I wonder if our Dawn, dear Gary, if you would leave, tell me when, firmly when 20 minutes is, uh, you know, left. Okay. Okay. Um, so, if you do remember a question from last time, or the tease, or anything we've done, you know, maybe, nah, save that for the, <laughs> I don't know how much time we'll have when, yeah, we'll do it, sure. Um, last talk, I took 10 minutes to read the whole case, and I will not do that. I will just read the core case. Yunmin imparted some words saying, everyone has a light. When you look at it, you don't see it and it's dark and dim. What is everybody's light? He himself answered, on their behalf, the kitchen pantry and the main gate. He also said, a good thing isn't as good as nothing. And I thank Gary for sending me a different translation by Shaw. And, it, and I have three pages I copied out that I didn't bring. But he, what my understanding of that is we need to express our light. What, Yunmen may be referring to is that we need to express that light that we don't see. How do we do it? We do it in the kitchen pantry, in the main gate, in our work, I think, in our family practice, the people we deal with. 
That's where we make the light real. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. We don't know the impact we have on other people. So once it gets in the way of seeing the light, <clears throat> I've come to see it. Uh, it may be, uh, one of the things may be a fixed idea of a self or permanent, belief in a permanent self. Um, Pozon in his last class referred to buttons that he occasionally wears and, and that say, one, I'm not who you think I am. The other, I'm not who I think I am. It's a good one. Um, back in 10th century China, uh, Yun Min said, we have to investigate the light ourselves, for ourselves. In other talks, Yun Min perhaps to unhook his disciples from the right way to be a Chan or Zen student, you know, reciting sutras and more formal practice. He said that all he does, Yun Min said, all he does is eat and shit. <laughs> and he asked, why are you still here? Nobody else is going to do it for you. You know, keep trying, but... So I, I thought, um, since this case is my assignment, which I've learned a lot from, and I'm very grateful that Hazan assigned it. Um, sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> you know how you wrestle with something and then you try and give up, but it's still wrestling with you? Okay, like that. So we might open up some understanding, and I hope this is relevant to each of you, or to as many of you as possible. Look for yourself, damn it. <laughs> Yun Men imparted some words saying, everyone has a light. When you look at it, you don't see it, and it's dark and dim. What is everybody's light? He himself answered on their behalf, the kitchen pantry, and you can fill in with me, and the main gate. He also said, a good thing is not as good as nothing. Yes. So um, I was thinking about how wonderful the teas and the practice period dinner and work period has been um, in the six weeks. You know, the, the connections, because we're so, there's, a, there's a certain amount of socializing, like at the practice period dinner and the teas, where we got to know each other, you know, find out about each other and hear, hear from each other. And we tell each other, as a way to get to know people, what do you do? What's your family? Where do you live? You know, are you in school? What are your interests, aspirations? Um, talents? And all that happened, certainly Saturday, and created wonderful connection. So I started digging down into what just you know, looking at the light, where's the light in who I am. I don't have an answer for that. But what I started to see was the places I'm fixed on who I think I am. And 
and sometimes, you know, I wonder what people think of me. And is it true? And if it isn't, I mean, like you have to prove something about yourself. Do you know what I mean? And then suddenly there's no connection and no light. I get angry that people think they know me, they've labeled me, and they dismiss me. I think we want to be known, but what we want to be known is not fixed. It's not permanent. And yet, I just feel so much of life is about trying to present an idea that just may be momentary or even hardened over life. Do you know? And I think I spend a lot of time dancing around other people and they dance around me so we don't offend that fixed view. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it, um, it's like, well, you know, I'm not smart. I can't do this. And then clinging to it, or very strongly saying, I'm this kind of person. Well, maybe those are the tendencies. But can we lighten up the labels? I'm, my, I find my beliefs in, the, in this aging thing, this aging gig, solidifying, you know, health problems and fears, and who I am is that, the fears and the indecision, and um, probably I've had that all my life in the various things I've experienced. But I also have a reputation, people see me, my act is, and I can be entertaining, I can be flaky, um, occasionally and spontaneous, and I enjoy that. Um, and occasionally I feel I have some wisdom that is like everybody, we all settle down or my friends are part some wisdom. There's like a moment of a mutual gift to each other in, in our speaking or just silence. I've spent time with people, as I said, with telling me with great energy who they are and how hard it is to have other people understand them. And I think, having been married to Gordon for so long, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever understand anybody else, really, or ever be understood. We can't. Everything's changing, for one thing. And that desire to be understood is something else, I think. We can't see others as they see themselves, really. I don't think. I don't know. I try. I just didn't like it. I want to fix that view. Uh, I'll, I'll just go back to something here about a fixed view. I was 15 and forgot the confirmation speech that the rabbi at Temple Sinai in Berkeley gave me. I forgot it probably four times. I didn't write the speech, I didn't understand it, and I was pissed that he gave it to me. And so he, he was annoyed, you know, it's like not, I got my first idea of seeing I had mixed motives in life, you know, like 
oh, that forgetting may have been maybe deliberate. And then I took a view that may have just been, has not been helpful that I can't memorize. So carrying that over to this practice, you come in here, you're going to participate, and you get to memorize some things, learn some things, and you make mistakes. And it's okay, and then there's a point where there's a flow in that service, or that chant, or that pitch, or that oryoki serving, and it's bang on, and we keep working for that. So the idea of, of perfect memorization is really irrelevant and not helpful, but it does limit one if you're afraid to step forward or take on a position. Do you see what I mean? Like, that's a unnecessary, not helpful limitation. I have a lot of them. I probably all do. Um, so we, we need categories. They're helpful. But, and they have a use. And Inman says, a good thing isn't as good as nothing. You're a good idea. This wonderful realization I had about how limiting our fixed views of ourselves are. You know, there's no opportunity in that. And sometimes I just, you know, I think the little part of me that was sort of whimpering away needed to sing this little line of <laughs> It's like, no, I don't want to step forward and be seen. And then there's a part I'm not going to express that well, so I'll just haven't thought it through. I want to, um, how much time do we have, Gary? Because I have stories uh, and I get into it. Uh, 35 minutes. Oh, good. So, this is a story about a Buddha. I met a Buddha. Her name is Tran. Tron? Tran? I don't know. And she cuts my hair every four to six weeks. But super cuts in Makaya. And she tries really hard to, to speak, be understood in another language, like English. And very important, you know, very... We've had a lot of other hair cutters there. They come and go, but I just hope she stays. So... We discovered at the first haircut six weeks ago that she's Buddhist, I'm Buddhist, you know. So each time she gave me this view of her life. First she started off with, I don't have to have a husband. I don't need a husband. Wonderful. And I have no idea what went behind that, beyond that, but probably a lot. And she said, I'm okay without a husband. It was like, you know, this really magical English phrase she'd learned, you know, and she believed, I'm okay without a husband. Yeah, that's great. So she told me about her mother being having a stroke, you know. And I wasn't getting the picture real well. And she said, I take care of her, that's my... You know, basically that's my purpose in life, to take care of my mother. 
So she um, told me that her mother has come back from the stroke and she can talk. She had lost speech, so what she said was, my mother talks back to me. And I, I, oh good, she can talk. I thought, you know, she has speech. But now I think, after the second many times reader saying this over and over, it means that her mother tells her that she needs a husband and she's not sufficiently good daughter. So there's, you know, there's a little sense of that, and, and our communication is like this. And she said, I, am, I believe in Buddha. I trust Buddha. I have food. I have a place to live. I have job. My life is, it is enough. She wants people to know this about her. And as I said, she repeats this. I have food, I have a job, I take care of my mother. It is enough. I don't need more. I told her, you know, I'd been preparing this talk and that's how she found out I was Buddhist, because she asked me what I was doing. And it was on my mind. And I, I find that I talk to people, you know, in grocery store lines or in the hot tub at the health club, you know, about this. And it's like you get Dharma talks. <laughs> you really do. And she's, so she said, most important, believe in Buddha and be kind. And there was a, uh, in the first haircut, there was a mom and her son waiting for a haircut. And I, I got up from the chair and I bowed to her and went to pay and I and spoke to this family and I said that we're waiting. And I said, who knew you could get spiritual philosophy and I, while you're getting a haircut? <laughs> they laughed. So I'm looking forward to seeing her again, you know, and um, and what category will she said, if we don't see the light, be kind and keep your mouth shut. And I learned, having teenagers you learn that, I think, keep, maybe not kind, but keep your mouth shut for harmony, more harmony and survival. Um, but, you know, the light is there, and we could say, I thought, there's a sense of a fixed view of self, right? It's a concept. But boy, am I grateful for her, for that interaction. Whatever it is, you know, permanent self, whatever, it's, we do that. And sometimes we go beyond them. Um, my opinions certainly cause suffering in my life. Um, and I know I turned, uh, my husband and I, Gordon and I, um, had a, a really helpful tool to connect, which we learned 
early. It doesn't mean that I wasn't entirely enraged by the man frequently, but um, it was a three-day seminar called, I think, the Dyad School of Enlightenment, something like that, a Dyad Intensive. And it was, it's basically a call on tell me who you are. And so you're working with this fixed view for three days, and you actually, everything dissolves. Oh, who I thought I am. It softens. And I think that we have that, some of that, that we have that in our zazen. Who, who I am can soften and return to the light in the boundlessness. Gordon, after a while, when I got pissed, because we'd had this practice, I could, it was listening in silence. I keep my mouth shut. I learned not to react, to listen, at least with him. That was really hard learning. Five minutes I could listen. I could survive five minutes of listening to somebody. I hadn't been used to that before, because my opinion mattered. You know, I had to fix it, fix things. So he, he um, so we would do it. It would be rotating, listening and speaking, answering a question. Actually, there were relationship questions, but there's also the tell me who you are. And it's uh, it was a powerful process uh, to have all those opinions and expectations soften and loosen with another person. Um, and finally, over, uh, you know, through our earlier years of marriage, before we both mellowed a bit, um, I said, I want a dyad, which is 40 minutes, it was 40 minutes, and he said, I don't want to do a dyad. He said, tell me what you want. <laughs> tell me what you want. And I learned to get down to the bottom of it, you know, without the stirring around. I mean, some of us don't know what we think until we talk about it enough. And, um, Boom. Oh, I want a hug. Total disappearance of whatever I was saying no to. It was grace. It was pure grace. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I, I think we search for those tools to open us to the light. And I think I um, don't want to on too much. I have some really good things to say, but that's enough. <laughs> it's just preaching. Let's take a vacation from categories and labels. Take a breath. Be with yourself and others. Make a donation. That's what my sister does. Wants to feel better. She's in the midst of really hard times. She donates to her synagogue. <laughs> Help somebody and take care of yourself. There's a little light of mine. Thank you. So I'm not. I'm not used to how how we do this. So I'll ask for questions and comments now. Yeah. Okay, let's talk up something.
we'll start with Mary Duryea. And uh, Yoni is our, oh no, uh, Joe is our mic carrier, bearer, great. And those of you online, um, if you'd like to say something, you can raise your yellow hand or digital hand, whatever color it might be. So I'll call on Nathan next after this. All right, Mary, please go. Thank you, Sue. Um, I have always felt that you were an expert appreciator of other people. And I've been told from several sources over the course of my life that the things that we appreciate in other people, the things that resonate with us, actually is a clue about our own light. And I'm wondering what you think of that. Ooh, I like that. Maybe so, I'm not sure we could see it in another person if we didn't have something to source it, you know? What do you think? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Nathan. Yes. Thank you. Hi, Sue. Thank you for your talk. I, it occurred to me while you were speaking. I had um, the light. Is it is it permanent? Does it change? I think it's beyond the concepts. It's it's not necessarily seen or physical physics quality of light or. Now that my vision is declining, if it's something that I could see, you know, like all of the spectrum, no, we don't see all of the spectrum. So I don't think it's literal. No, you know what? You know, if you could take pleasure in thinking of light in any way you want <laughs> and using it <laughs> beneficially, uh, yeah, that's about all I got on that one. Do you have anything else on that? What do you think? I, I have no idea. I'm 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 curious um, about um, if there's something that persists beyond our change, um, uh, but I, I I don't have any idea. Well, that's a hard question because everything changes. So I don't know how to balance that. Everything changes. Nothing's permanent. Everything's interdependent. We don't even exist as a separate self, of course. Does light? Don't think so. Yeah, I think it's a different way of talking about it that I'm not up on. Thank you. Jake. Thank you, Sue. Uh, I really liked what you said about um, having some tools to bring out the light. You know, I want a hug or I need a hug. And I thought, yeah. And then when you said, what's the saying? I thought that was bringing out the light, <laughs> literally, figuratively. But could you give some examples of some other tools uh, maybe that you have to bring out the light, to see the light in others, which I think you do. I see. I'd love to hear what you say. Well, like, I'm just going back to preschool. 
the play, the you know, in child development, play is how is the work of children. And I think it is for adults. So, play. How do you bring out the light? What, what do you do, Jake? Um, I try to not judge, just, just um, suspend any judgment I have in my mind about what I think of people and just hear them. Yeah, that's, that's been a hard one for me, and I'm learning it still, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Let's see if there's anyone in the room. Yes, Mira. I like this topic. I think it's very Hold on interesting. Second, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think this topic is very interesting. Um, and I wanted to ask you what you thought your light was at this present time. It always changes, you're changing, but today or these days, what's your light? I, I think that it's not personal. It's just always there. Um, it's like grace, you know. We. We put ourselves into a place where I think this practice helps me open to it. Just it's already there. And it's very and then how it expresses myself depends on my personality, how well I feel, you know, how much sleep sometimes I've got. If I'm going to be with people who are that help, there's some people just help you open up to light, I think, having friends and community that are safe, um, though I know people around the world in desperate poverty who open to the light, and I don't, and in desperate pain who open to the light, I don't know, I can't speak to that, I just can't. Other people here can, who've been I see. Yeah. So, you're, so you're not talking about anything personal or um, specific. You're talking about universal energy in general. Well, that's sort of woo woo. I guess what I would say for me, it expresses um, itself in having fun, basically, or being amused, at least. Um, You know, I forgot to bring it in, but I had in my folder a cartoon, um, you know, about the meaning of life, and the final answer is chocolate, which I can relate to. I thought, you know, damn, that's that's great. So, yeah, I mean, it's like to say, where is your light? I think Yunmin is giving his students, you know, putting pressure on them to, to stir around with that. Joel. Hi, thank you, Sue. Hold on for the mic, Joel. Thank you, and thank you, Mira. 
Thank you, Sue. Beautiful. Uh, I wanted to ask you about play. That really struck me as, as so important. And if I was asked, what is play? I would have a really hard time to answer that. It just, and maybe we can help. What is play? You've seen lots of children play. And I guess I play the piano. We use that word. Uh, Um, it is training in focusing on what interests you. It is, you are uh, single-minded in your play. It's one thing. Yeah. That's one thing. In Montessori training, you want to promote that, provide activities where children um, focus, persist. You know, you need attention. It's not a, 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 I don't think, well, that's child development, but, you know, the way we distract ourselves with screens, I don't know that that's healthy play, maybe. I, I don't know that I have a specific answer that's helpful. It's just like, how do you respond? Like, I put play into my schedule. I, I have to schedule it. You know, it may not show up, but I'm going to put it in the schedule like, um, Exercise, a walk, bird walk, um, swimming. I, that for me, that's an opportunity. This crazy aquafit class at the club, I, health club, you know. And sometimes it's sort of misery, like ah, oh, I just don't like these people at all. But often there's a playfulness that can arise in there, and sometimes just sitting quietly on a bench and talking to my neighbors. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that. It's just pleasurable. Maybe play is not necessarily pleasurable because people work really hard at it. <laughs> yeah, oh, one thing I thought of is it's something you do with others. Or, oh, you're giving Maybe example. so. Yeah, maybe so. You're giving example of like a single person, and that's true. Uh, you know, a single person can play mm -hmm. a piece, but still it's been written by a composer, but it's much more fun to play with others. Not always. Sometimes there's an amazing focus. I'm going to do not always because, you know, you're working out a skill and you're totally involved. It may be calligraphy, right? That, that scroll, you had to do that alone, right? That, I don't know if that was play, but it was so beautiful. Rob's calligraphy. Oh, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, Wonderful. Yeah. I, I don't know where the getting. Yeah. Interesting question. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Good exploration, maybe. Yes, Nancy. And how much time? Uh, I don't know. Oh, well. Fifteen minutes. Great. Oh, well. Thank you. Hi, Sue. Um, Hi, Nancy. First, I want to say that I experience your life from way back here. I just, I, I feel it. It, it, it feels like it fills the room. And I'm wondering, I started to think about light as more like perhaps essence, like the essence of someone, um, that even in death, it can't even be extinguished. There's something that remains. And I'm wondering what you think about that. 
boy. Those kind of questions, I, I don't know, Nancy. Um, is this working? I am holding on to a fixed view <laughs> that nothing ex that nothing lasts. Nothing. And that my connection are memories, my memories, and the objects from that person. Maybe they're talks. I don't know other than that. Thinking about when you're talking about Gordon, you know, there's there's still that spark there, you know, that um, there's something about the connection that we have with others that it's not permanent in the sense that there's again this fixed idea perhaps of someone, but that there's something that Yeah, so Nancy, for those online, is saying that there's something beyond those memories. And I, maybe so, you know, maybe so. Um, I feel something when you talk about it. And I think that um, it doesn't, I want to cry, actually, because it's too painful for some reason. To think about what what essence there might be from my parents, you know. I don't know. Something, yeah. I can't. I don't know. Maybe so. Let me go to um, Nancy. Is there anything else before I go to Karen? Thank you, Karen. Please. When you were talking about play. At first, I couldn't even think of how I play. But then I realized that my favorite form of play is mahjong. <laughs> I guess I'll have to learn it again. That's great. Well, you're a mahjong player. I was. I haven't played for years. Well. Yeah. If you remember correctly, about a week or two after Gordon died, I came up to your apartment with a couple of friends, and one of them wanted to learn Mahjong, and you taught her. So it isn't that long ago. Maybe not. I hope I didn't ha cause harm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I do remember that. Does that qualify as play? I think so, and I think a lot of play can become, you know how people go to casinos, <laughs> and it's sort of grim, <laughs> and they drink and uh, smoke and um, lose a lot of money quickly. And it's play, you know, where you go on cruises and it's supposed to be play, and sometimes it is, and sort of grim efforts, and. We can spend a lot of money trying to play. 
But then you see a kid has a rock, and that rock is a special rock. So I don't know, you know. I think it's a cosmic topic, play. Thank you. Um, I want to get to Clay, and then I'll call on Judy. Hi, Sue. Hi. Good to see uh, you. One of those questions I was curious about, we <clears throat> it's sort of like these two ideas, and it's about language. We talked about shining our light. You know, we, we sang the song about this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine which is great, you know, I love that song. Um, and then I just wondered about receiving the light. There's another notion about being receptive and open. And I just wondered if if you had anything to say or wondered about the relationship between those two. Well, the, what I'll say is there's no guarantees, Clay. No guarantees. <laughs> Hey, thank you. You know, this is a total bitch. I've been up since 1.30, this is not last night, but other nights, trying to figure out what I want to say. And, <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to read this con one more time because I'll scream. <laughs> but there's a play in that, you know. In bitching, you know, I've had talks about the power of bitching. <laughs> I don't know. Being receptive, for me, it's like, I know, I, there's no guarantees. That's really the truth. Well, I find sometimes when I'm most exhausted is when I become most receptive. Really? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. May, may you have it, find it more easily. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Judy, please, and then Susan, and then Mandy and Charlie. When you were talking about hugging, I was reminded of a uh, practice in the Plum Village uh, tradition uh -huh, of uh, something called hugging meditation, which he introduced in a context, you know, coming from the... Um, a lot of trauma-rooted experience of participants trying to find, quote, a safe way in Sangha to have um, touch, which to wrestle with in our Sanghas. Um, and so the practice would be that when you embrace, both people are practicing, and um, you, you stay in an embrace for three full breaths. And uh, what um, seems important about that is that there's a form. You know, and we've been talking about forms, and light takes different forms as we express it, right? And um, so I'm thinking about, let's say, form and play when we're dealing with tough stuff, like um, heartbreak. You know, really 
difficult physical, emotional right, pain. And I notice in myself that sometimes it's not so easy to distinguish what's play and what's avoidance, entertainment, right? And so I'm wondering um, how you see the relationship of form and light and play, particularly when working with difficult. Thank you, Judy. I have to say that I am a fan of distraction from pain. I don't have any problem when you can't face something right then and you go find something else to do that you enjoy. I think the strong emotions take time. And I don't, I wish, deep, painful trauma, I don't know what to say, Judy. What would be helpful? Well, how about grief? It doesn't have to be something fancy like this word trauma that can sound like only some of us okay. go through horrendous circumstances. So you're asking, what is helpful to do in the, when you feel grief? How do you deal with it? Is that the question? No, I think it's a little more nuanced than that because what I'm really wondering about is you've talked about light, play, and we have forms. So how do those do, particularly interplay? Yeah, so the the forms of light and form and light and play and, and, and the zendo forms or the practice, you're a priest, the priest practice and grief, how do you, it gives you something to do <laughs> concretely in the body, play and um, the forms here can be a place to put your attention instead of ruminating, that's maybe Sometimes a yoga class where I actually experience stretching and relaxation is it's wonderful. Yeah. So thank you for your question. Lots to go. We're out of time. I thought three minutes. So we have to, oh, because I thought I saw something else. I can't see you. Um, let's call on Rondi and Charlie, please. Oh, oh, good, good morning, Sue. Uh, if ever you write a book, I think it should be titled "The Power of Bitching and How to Do It." <laughs> the power of bitching and how to do it. Well, I thought it was my title was "Bitching My Way to Enlightenment." <laughs> Much better. But that's the same idea I had. I think. Yours, yeah, is, I think, I think. yours is infinitely more kind. Susan Marvin and I am very sorry. I, right. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, 
bring that clip. Thank you, sir. Losing my focus. Yeah. I was wondering, as you've been studying this koan over these six weeks, if you have come to some understanding, is there a relationship between the light and this sentence you continue to read us that's so amusing, a good thing is not as good as nothing. nothing. So is there a relationship between the light and that? Yeah. I think that um, it's that we the, the light can be expressed in our daily life and we have all sorts of ideas about, oh, this feels good, this doesn't feel good, here's the light, here's not the light, and we worry about it. <laughs> you know, am I doing light right? So it's sort of a relief. A good thing isn't as good as nothing, like but boundlessness, if you would say. But how about when it is? How about when a good thing is as good as, or better than nothing? Would you go a little deeper and say something about that? I would cherish those opportunities and appreciate them and share about them and be grateful for them. They won't last. <laughs> and those experiences, I think, provided me with strength when I look back, you know, those moments. So I'm not, I'm still here, I'm alive. I think because of those solid experiences of, grief, of great joy, maybe great grief too. I am feeling like I'm losing my focus, Susan. Ask that question again, please. Oh, I've already forgotten it, but um, it sounds like you're saying that the light is always present regardless of where the mind moves around it. Yes. It, we don't see it. We, this is not light we see necessarily always there. Ah, there's this, yeah, yeah, I thought I saw you holding that earlier. Thank you, Susan, very much. And um, I appreciate you all uh, listening and being here, so thank you.